Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. First, I just want to know the cat's name real quick. Yes. What oh, is yeah, we need Callie. to know. Callie. Callie. Callie? I used to have a cat named Callie. Oh, no! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. Like, it was a calico, and we it, I just named it Callie. Oh my, that's crazy. We're so, um, so, what's the word? Like Gemini twins, like what is this? Are you Gemini? No. I am Cancer Gemini rising. Okay, I'm a Gemini, but like if, yeah, if you were. That would have been freaky deaky. However, I can't play any musical instruments to save my life, so we're good. (laughs) So we're good? As far as like freaky twin things. We're yeah, that cur- is pretty. We're like three for three right now. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Right. Well, let's keep this going. We'll see what else comes out during this interview. Okay. Well, Callie uh, already likes the energy. Excellent. Excellent. We're glad that Callie has come to join us. And um, welcome back, everyone. We have many guests here today. <laughs> and uh, one guest in particular who will do all the speaking, we hope whose name sounds as cool as her music. Welcome, Tangeline Bolton. She was the music composer for Warrior Nun, and we are so excited to talk to you and your cat that has also just decided to be interviewed by us. Hey, we Callie. love to interview kitties. Yes. Yeah. Callie is Thank here you. as well. Yes. Thank you all for having me. I'm, I'm so pumped for this interview. And so is Yay. Callie. Yes, Callie. We're going to pick your brain. Yes. So what is it like living with a bunch of instruments? And yeah, you, do you like the instruments, Callie? <laughs> Which one's your oh, favorite? Oh, Callie. You know, the thing with Callie is I know the music's good when she's like passed out and like snoring. <laughs> <laughs> Puts her into cat naps. Yeah. Like when, when she's when she's sleeping in a deep sleep, I'm like, oh, thank God. I think I'm good with this cue. I can move on. She's asleep. <laughs> She's the judge of the music. Yeah, the quality control. She is. I mean, she, she she's a very musical cat. Very That's cute. awesome. It's very See, I know my singing in the shower is bad when my cat is sitting there <laughs> meowing at me <laughs> to stop. Quality control. <laughs> it's all about contrast. No. So to the actual question, Back just you, thank Tangela. you for your amazing work on Warrior Nun. Everyone is familiar with the job of an actor, but the behind the scenes world is a bit of a mystery to our audience and the people watching the show. So what does being a music composer for TV entail? 
Well, it's pretty much taking care of all the underscore, all the all the background music that you hear on screen, uh, with exception of the licensed songs. So the licensed songs are normally taken care of by the music supervisor. And uh, for me, for score specifically, I'm usually, you know, watching each scene and <clears throat> applying, you know, like any notes or um, themes we've talked about in meetings um, to what we're seeing on screen. So I'm pretty much handcrafting um, the music to what you see on screen. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm sure you all knew, kind of knew a little bit about that, but um, yeah, it's, it's still fun to talk about. Absolutely. And yeah. other people, we really just want other people to know like what you do and how you do it. So they have a better idea of how their favorite shows, you know, get made. Yeah. And it, it, it's fun too, because if the composers brought on early enough, which I was for Warrior Nun, uh, season two, we get to, you know, sometimes read the scripts, which is a really fun process to be a part of because sometimes you can see like the different versions and then um, start coming up with with some like musical ideas early. Um, and then there were times where I even sent some of the music to the editors, which was fun because while they're still editing, they could like put it in and see like what scenes um, it worked with so that, you know, when we had our spotting sessions, um we can easily just tackle that right off the bat and be like is this working do we love it what do we want more of how can we push certain emotions more um it's a lot of fun well you certainly push my emotions because i listen to the season two score when i'm trying to get stuff done trying <laughs> to get stuff done does it help you get stuff done? It does. It does. <laughs> maybe, that, like, maybe the accent stuff. Well, it puts me in like a good, <laughs> like a, it puts me in like a really good, like space where, you know, my ADHD is perfectly balanced. So. Got it. So yeah, thanks for that. Well, but, I'm, um, I'm glad it's helping you get stuff done mm -hmm. and not, instead of not get stuff done. Exactly. I could be sleeping like Callie. Um. <laughs> She's being so good. <laughs> she is. It's because she knows there's some cat energy in the interview. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how did you become a music composer and how did you get started in the entertainment industry? Because it has to be like a hard industry to break into. Um, and you've done some huge projects. Well, it's, it's definitely been a long process. Um, I started playing the piano when I was like two or three and then eventually did classical piano. I was really into it. And I was also really into film as well. Um, so I did go to Berkeley College of Music for film scoring. So that was definitely like a good starting point for getting some training. Um, and then I eventually moved to LA. Um, a friend had gotten me an opportunity to interview with Hans Zimmer's company. You know, I didn't know, you know, what would happen, but I was eventually like offered an internship, which I took. Um, and then after that internship, I was like, what am I going to do? So I, I like worked for a yoga studio for a while, um, kept my, you know, I, I still kept my hopes high. And then I was eventually hired back as like a general studio assistant for like, uh, closer to two years. And 
yeah, then I, I got sort of um, the chance to work for another composer who was working there at the time, who I had developed um, a cool relationship with through like bringing him coffee, doing some sit-ins with him, watching him work. Um, and this took a while. Like I would say it took about a year and a half um, before I felt like he he trusted me to start working for him because I was still pretty new in the industry. Um, so I'm so grateful that he took a chance on me. His name is Bobby Tahori. He was doing a lot of games at the time, like Tomb Raider. And yeah, I sort of, I learned a lot of my technical chops from him, um, especially because he'd worked for a lot of people like Ramin Jawadi, who did, you know, Game of Thrones, um, Hector Pereira, um, Despicable Me, and a few other people. So he really took a chance on me at the time when um, not a lot of, yeah, not a lot of women specifically were getting um, the chance to be in those spaces. So yeah, I got my technical chops really high. And he was so cool because he let me still do a lot of like short films on the side. So I made a lot of those relationships with um, filmmakers early on to try to like craft my sound, figure out like what what's my sound. And then yeah, things just kept rolling along. I eventually got like a Sundance um, fellowship opportunity, um, and then a couple Disney shorts, and things just you know kept going along. And then I eventually landed Warrior Nun, and we're where we're at now. I'm just grateful for yeah all the opportunities and people who took chances on me. That's awesome. And by the way, I almost wore my Berkeley hat, so. Berkeley hat? Yeah, well, did you I Berkeley? almost. Yeah, I no. Um, it's a like. <laughs> like we're gonna mom, be five for five now. This it was my mom's hat, and so I stole it from her, and it's my writing hat that I write in. Oh, oh, you're a writer. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy that I almost wore it, and then I was like, ah, it doesn't match. I mean, what is matching nowadays, right? That's matching true. Whatever I should have just you... done it. Next time. But I'm wondering, is this Berkeley in Northern California? Because um, I'm talking about Berkeley in Boston. There's two different ones. Oh. Yeah. There's two different ones. There's Berkeley College of Music in Boston, and it's spelled like Berkeley with two E's. So it's kind of okay. Cool. No, different Berkeley. So we're oh, good. Oh, that's, that's so I, cool. Though. I only know the one with two E's. Oh, really? Yeah. There's Berkeley in um, it's Northern California. Well, I was born in San Diego, so it stands to reason that we that you and I know the different Berkleys, um, Caitlin. Oh yeah, yeah, totally opposite. Um, that's, still would have been cool though. Still, yeah. So the music and the the score in TV shows is so important for the audience to understand the story that's going on. What tactics do you use to evoke the intended emotions from the audience? Mm. Uh, you mean like what kind of, what do you mean by tactics? Like what kind of techniques like, do I use? Yeah. Like how do you make, so like there's some music that like can make people feel sad. Mm -hmm. So, like, how do you use that to get the audience to really feel like they are experiencing Ooh. what's going on? That, yeah, that's a really that's a that's a cool question. Um, it I would say it's very it depends it depends on what's going on screen because 
okay, for example, Ava's Fall, the, the track Ava's Fall. There's a lot going on on screen and there's like a lot of emotion and a lot of emotion happening at that moment. Um, so a, a good example is actually the mix, um, the dub mix. So if I, if we had been pushing that music really, really loud, it would have been totally overpowering that scene. So I think a cool technique with um, pushing the right amount of emotion is also definitely in the mix. So making sure that's a good level where we're hearing that emotion, but it's not pushing too much um, on us. It's not influencing us to the point where we're noticing it too much. And I think the same goes with um, composing too. If, if there's a certain emotion we wanna push, um, we don't want it like blaring loud the whole time, right? We wanna have you know some ebbs and flows to it so that we're kind of like sculpting around the emotion, sculpting around the scene. Um, yeah, you hear my, oh, wow, she got out. I was like, how did my cat open the door right now? Because that was definitely closed. Okay, she's, she's learning new, she's learning new skills. Yeah, because I, I heard her. I was like, oh no, she wants to go out. And she just opened that door. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Callie's talented. Callie's very talented. <laughs> she's very talented. But um, yeah, as I was saying, um, you definitely want those ebbs and flows to to kind of sculpt around the emotions because yeah, when we're all having um, a specific feeling, it's not just one level. There's many phases to that. Um, and, and another example is when B and Ava, um, I'm like B and Ava Tris, when B and Ava um, are sort of fighting in that apartment in mm -hmm. episode one. The gay apartment, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, let's have a whole spinoff. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, when they're fighting and then there's like the moment where they sit down on the couch, there's like a, a pause and it, it gets a little more simple in the instrumentation. We hear more of the piano and then we have another pause when we get the bad news about Mary's and then it kind of crescendos again with different instrumentation. So it's definitely all about those ebbs and flows and, and switching up the instrumentation um, to also bring us in new directions. Yeah, that's one of my favorites is We Lost Mary. So sad. So sad. Yeah, I do not accept that she's dead. She's alive. I know, it's, it's hard she's to accept alive. it. I'm just saying, she is alive. Like, it's just Okay, bad. you said it. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we still can't hear thee. I there said no go. body, no crime. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, how does the score in general like impact a visual project, like a TV show or a movie? Um. Well, I mean, I, I kind of covered a lot, I guess, with the emotional aspect to it. But I think a cool part about scoring is you can kind of inform the viewer of things that might be happening, happening behind the scenes that might not quite be reflective on screen just yet. I think that's a fun thing to do is, is sort of add a tone behind everything 
um, to just evoke maybe like an ominous feeling. I tried to do that for like Adriel's um, followers, FBC. Um, just whenever you see them around, just adding like an ominous tone. Or even um, th there are a couple scenes with Miguel slash Michael um, where I have his 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 theme with um, Jillian. They kind of have a theme together. Um, sometimes I, I'd sprinkle that in a couple moments um, before they finally like meet and embrace. Um, so whether or not the audience really knows that, um, it might psychologically be getting in there somehow. So I think that's the fun part about scoring is you can kind of sneak things in there that can maybe go in like the audience's subconscious and they might not even realize. So it's like, you're like, haha, I know what's gonna happen next. <laughs> You have a lot of power. <laughs> this is why I wanted to talk to you because <laughs> the cool stuff like it, that. It is, I think that is actually an interesting thing because yeah, you could technically easily sneak things in and like tell no one. Totally. Like I don't even know if Simon knew a couple of those things. Like <laughs> you were like for Mike, I mean my Michael and Jillian. I mean, not like that's it's not like I was spoiling anything and it was just no. like a couple yeah. minor moments. Yeah. But yeah, things oh, totally. like that. It's that's a very interesting I guess they have more power than I thought. It has like continuity <laughs> to it also. Yeah, it I does. Like the score to the mm, overall story. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, kind of finding a way to make everything cohesive, especially totally. in TV because it's it's such a long process and you want to like bring the audience on this journey so you have a lot of um time and space to play with so totally. that's why i personally love tv but absolutely these shows, these shows need to keep on going not getting <laughs> yeah we get it we just filmed an episode season. about this we want five seasons of your scoring yes we do yeah <laughs> me too but I can't believe how incredible you all are. The billboard? Can we just talk mm -hmm. about the billboard? Let's let us talk about it. <laughs> that uh, is, I am like. Oh, have you seen it like in person? It's in LA, I haven't, isn't it? I wanted to go today. I'm hoping just to curious. go like in the next week. I, I have to catch it before it's gone. I mean, can yeah. I you should take oh. a picture and then post it. And then we'll just, everyone will circulate even that. more yeah yeah i definitely want to take a photo of that like yeah, when does that other... happen it's so rare that like i don't think that has that ever happened before i don't yes when we were in motherland the motherland um fandom motherland the did it the wilds did it um uh, the oa all did the it. way all the way back in Klexa, like from the hundred i believe it's kind oh, of wow. like the the playbook for saving shows is one of them is billboards, but it's not, you know, it's just one of those things where, I mean, and that's not the only thing planned. There are like poetry gatherings that they're planning and like all sorts of stuff that that group is, is yeah, wow, I didn't it's pretty cool. It other, I didn't realize it happened from Motherland for Talent too. Yep. And then, and um, then they got a season three, right? Is it after that? Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I was super deep in that one with the like the folks planning all of the stuff. So, I mean, we had like billboard trucks outside of Hulu 
and things of that nature. I'm so impressed. It's pretty incredible. Hey, thank don't, you all. Don't thank mess with all. the don't mess with the queers. Yeah, don't we mess. Will, we will gather and. It is a testament. To the, it's a testament to the project. It was very inspirational and touched a lot of people. So Absolutely, thank you for your part in making this a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're we're just putting the good yeah good thoughts out there. That's all we can do Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. There's a, yeah. there's a chance you never know. Yeah. So, going back to the music, uh, you talked about a theme with Michael and Jillian, and I've noticed a lot in scores that there'd be, like, this character's theme. What is the importance of that theme and, like, continuing to hear, like, the same sound, basically, throughout the series? Mm-hmm. Well, for their theme specifically, I definitely wanted to have that mother-son relationship, but did you hear my cat? Okay, she screamed. I heard Um, it. Yeah. You can mute that if you'd like or keep it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I wanted to basically- much in this podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I wanted to have that theme between them to just, yeah, to signify the mother-son relationship and just to also have that sorrowness to it because you just feel so bad for Jillian. I mean, like how much she's like put into keeping her son alive and then she, she's gone through so much. She loses her son. She finds her son again. Um, and then just the end, it's just brutal for them. So I wanted to make sure I had something that signified their love together but also having like hints of kind of the other side in it. I, I use this um, synth called the uh, Mo Grandmother to have kind of like a little bit of a sonic synthy element in the background tying things together. And I also ran it through tape. So you have kind of this kiss sound to it that kind of evokes like, you know, past present future i kind of wanted like an old feel to it but also with the synths to kind of have a futuristic feel to it too it worked it was cool very clever it's very yeah i love it um so we heard that you were a fan of warrior nun in season one uh what's it what was it like to get to work on a show that you already knew it was awesome. And when Simon told me he wanted to hire me, um, when we had like a Zoom meeting, um, I def- I screamed and I and then I was like, Oh, why did I and I remember I was like, Why did I do that? Because you know, you have like a professional project and you wanna like try to be professional. So I screamed and then right away I started asking him, like, Can you please give me spoilers? Like, I wanna know a few <laughs> I just started asking him and he was so cool. Like, he gave me some of those and he told me about What did you want to know? I mean, like, what's the relationship? Oh! Like, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had to know. And he, because <laughs> I, I was trying to ask without asking, asking. And mm-hmm. I was like, so is there any, like, specific themes you want? And he was like, well, there's a relationship element with Ava, with Ava, and I definitely like want to push. I'm like, what kind of relationship? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> who is it with? 
Beatrice. <laughs> I mean, like, we both knew when he was like, uh, Ava and Beatrice. And then I, I definitely screamed again. So I was excited. <laughs> All of us were And then you got to yeah. write a theme for them. Uh, yes, dream. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, but he said, you know, I want you to write a theme, but I want to be like something that progress progresses slowly. Like, I don't want you to just like make it obvious, mm-hmm. which is cool because I feel like a lot of times people try to push a narrative too much and to like have time with that. And that's why season three would be so perfect because then we could go like full force with right a riches. I mean, we don't know what, what would happen in season three, but um there's so much to play with gay. the story definitely this gay just gay, <laughs> just gay. <laughs> you said it but yeah i mean there's, there's so much to i don't know there's still so many unanswered questions and the story don't doesn't know feel it. yeah yeah don't we know it but the story's not over so we, yeah. we all feel we like there to... really needs to be season three yeah, it went, it, we know Ava's back already, so I know. We, kinda, we need to know. <laughs> What's her I'm back theme song? Like, come yeah. on. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Ava's well, return. About <laughs> Ava's return. Well, I'm, I'm curious about Beatrice. Like, what is Beatrice? Yes. What is she doing? What do you think going? Beatrice is doing? Do you have any theories? I don't know, but I hope, I really do hope that Beatrice is like, gonna do something for herself for a little yes, bit it, at least for a little bit yes. I feel like she deserves it she she's like so selfless and I would love to see her living her life at least for a little bit mm-hmm. exactly yeah, I agree, agree. what she she's kind of doing what she's kind of doing in real life right now it's which is yeah. kind of crazy how but I mean like in terms of the show so I, I really do want to know what does she do. Mm-hmm. Yes, but tying back, going back to season two, the season that we do yeah have, yeah uh, the the music in general was just absolutely incredible. We honestly can't tell you enough, and we do really mean that sincerely, and I want to thank oh, you for thank that. You. Um, but what is your process like, kind of for composing? like season two like what was the process for that besides like immediately asking simon spoiler questions yeah because <laughs> it start. it seems to start there <laughs> sure well i mean i was on board pretty early which was awesome um so i did have scripts to read so that was a great starting point because i was kind of able to get in the minds of these characters um it was it was really fun reading like just Ava and Beatrice's relationship and how that kind of grew really nicely um, in season two. And Lilith reading her on paper was really cool too. Um, along with um, Adriel, just, I mean, Adriel goes nuts in season two as well. Um, so I would, I'd be putting together my palette of instruments. Um, I wanted to keep things pretty orchestral and have choir elements. Um, but also like infusing some synths that are have like a warm quality to, um, you know, to add that like fantasy element. Um, and then I just like handpicked a bunch of instruments that I knew I wanted that, that kind of transformed through season two. Like as I was scoring to picture two, I would 
kind of add little instruments here and there that I felt was really like reflecting what we were seeing on screen. Um, but it was fun, like coming up with some concepts and ideas early on and going about my days. I will say that a lot of the score was written really late at night slash like early in the morning. All right. For some reason, that was like when I was most creative. I don't know if it was like demon hours or something, like three or four. <laughs> From the other side, three. right? I don't know, but like three or four in the morning was like when things would hit. And like something I have to mention too is sometimes it would be pretty hard to like properly be creative during the day because you know as as like a composer we're always getting tons of emails to all day and and um like meetings so a, a lot of your day is also taken up by those things so the nighttime there's something like really cool and solitude about the nighttime because no one can bother you i was i would say i was most creative at night for this project um and then i just wake up straight in the morning and be like where at what planet am i on <laughs> what day is it no i totally feel you because that's when i write the best is at stupid hours so it's like i don't know there's some some kind of energy about nighttime that just brings all the muses out i think so that makes a lot of sense because i mean it's a creative job right whether it's writing like a script or writing music we communicate with something over there like mm-hmm. there's some kind there's of, so much, yeah, there's some kind of external forces that get yep. in that process. Like whatever mm-hmm. you believe in, right? It's, there's, there's definitely something out there that we communicate with. Um, especially when we get those bursts of creativity, it's like, where are these bursts of creativity coming from? Mm-hmm. You don't really know. Exactly. I, and I, I do, I do feel like it is some kind of, um, communication with some kind of external forces we don't you know we might not know exactly what that is but um the nighttime definitely brings brings that out i don't know i feel like sometimes it'll be like when that happens it's like you're not even in your body in a way it's like something is communicating through you and it's that whatever that is external creative force that's like just funneling through you and then you get to create you create music like you did for season two so um i think it really shows in you know that that was the case that those creative forces were working for you so thank you for saying that yeah i mean we're definitely like a vessel of some sort it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a i mean it's a huge privilege that we we have have these sort of Um, I don't, it's it's hard to explain <laughs> hard to explain but i mean that we're able to use ourselves as that medium to kind of mm-hmm. get these emotions out in whatever um we whatever creative endeavors we want whether it be you yeah. know, composing or writing directing like painting drawing yeah I mean, you can see certain performers, certain performers that do like on stage that have that actors and like um, musicians like Aurora. If you've ever mm-hmm. if you ever watch her live performances, they're insane. 
do you just tell she's channeling something from another dimension yeah so and it's an interesting thing too with creativity because you have to be in a very open place to get like an authentic kind of experience out um and Mm -hmm. and we have we go through so many distractions in our day right so many other people's emotions so many things that just disrupt the process so um it's i think it's just important to find those kind of experiences or things that just help ground us whether it be like you know going to do some yoga or like working out go take a walk mm-hmm. I mean I know I can be better about those things or like drinking coffee I will drink coffee that helps me and playing with Callie you're inspiring Callie agrees I, I love I love coffee though like I just got this coffee. manual espresso machine <gasps> love it okay. nice. Leora has to talk about you want to talk about yours? Are you a coffee person? Talk about yours. I, I am an espresso person. Mm-hmm. Not coffee. Espresso. It just works better for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I moved during the pandemic from Florida to California and drove because I have dogs. And one of the things that came in the car and not with the movers was the espresso machine because there is no living without that thing. So it traveled. No, not. There's no you need it. To. I mean, it would have been bleak without it. I'm sorry. You like I feel like you really once you have your own espresso machine, you just totally take like you can't go back to bad no. coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And right, when you go to a no coffee shop, when you go to a specific coffee shop and it's not good, you're like, I don't know what they did. <sighs> they had old beans. You know, it's too or hot. it was Burned too it. hot. Yeah, <laughs> too hot. They like they totally demolish this espresso. I know you get yeah, really but I, I love for some reason. I mean, you have to be. It's what's discerning feeling. is a better word. Discerning. <laughs> discerning. I like it. Discerning. But the man, you actually got the man. I don't know if you have a manual espresso machine, but I, just I don't have a manual off. one. It's really satisfying because you see like the pressure amount and then you have to kind of mm-hmm. match it. Like there's a little guide, like, okay, it should be at three first mm-hmm. and then it should be at six and then. You're, you're manually pressing it down and you're looking at the numbers you're like okay am i hitting the numbers okay no it's gonna be a good one but it's fun it's like because a game it, it is like a game i mean i'm getting a workout too so it's not you're as right. hard for me to press it anymore but it's every it's day fun. is arm day in tangeline's house <laughs> I guess we're piano too. Um, but it's, fun. It's, it's fun though because you're like you can be like I'm not scorching these beans. I'm doing like the right amount of yeah hot water on it. Absolutely. You did yeah. it too. So there's that satisfaction element of just like, I made that. Meanwhile, that I'm me. over here just being like, okay, how can I maximize the caffeine amount and get it as quick as possible? Oh no. Are you like a five hour energy person? No, uh, <laughs> but I have caffeine pills. I and guess that does a job Panera, too. Yeah, Panera has this drink that has f- almost 400 milligrams of caffeine and 100 grams of sugar in it. The sugar part is oh not the God. good part, but the 400 milligrams is the good part. Good? Okay, so I don't know. Because if- oh, <laughs> <laughs> you 
because you're not supposed to have more than like 300. No, it's 400. It's 400. No, I mean, in a day, you're not supposed to have more than 300. No, I know. No, it's, it's 400. Okay. I, I, I made sure I want to be safe with the caffeine. Okay. Just don't drink more than good. one. <laughs> oh, I did you that one. Better be day. truthful. I was like, <laughs> Okay. I did that one day because I, I took, well, one time I took it and I had two naps that day. And See, I was that's like, a, that's the other problem with caffeine is I feel like if you have like ADD or anything, it's like, it makes you fall asleep for some reason. Yeah. Cause I can have coffee and like go to bed and I'm like, why am I drinking to begin with? If I can go take a nap. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I found that. I have to have it just to be like a normal person. Because yeah. if I don't have so anything, bad, right? then I'm a zombie and I have to be in bed. But yeah. if I have it, then I can be a normal person that takes naps and <laughs> Caitlin and I, Oh no. Caitlin and I both have ADHD and so uh, the stimulants are good for the focusing. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're all just normal functioning humans with the caffeine. But you know what yeah. does, you know what like really freaks me out how it's like the people who don't have caffeine and maybe just drink a tea every once in a while, they're like the most hyper people ever. How? And I'm like, how do you do it? How do you do it? <laughs> why did I have secrets. My, it's like, why did I have my first coffee when I was like 15? I should have never done that. My mother warned me. I ignored it. <laughs> It's okay. okay. Um, I, I mean, I guess we should stop talking about caffeine and go back to music. Yeah, we can talk about whatever you'd like. <laughs> so, rainbows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the first thing that popped into my head? Anyway, how do you name each track in the score? Because I have a favorite name in in the Which score. One? Which one? It is Flower Shop Spycraft. Yeah, that's a that's a cool name. Well, actually, okay, so my music editor, Kevin Crahan, he's the one who came up with the majority of the names. There's a couple here and there that I would change for um, the soundtrack, just to fit the flow better. There's a couple I changed. Um, but he primarily came up with the names because, I mean, we can definitely talk about music editors because they're like a huge part of, um the process they're kind of like the bridge between composers and picture editors and mm -hmm. um they they do so much anything from like taking spotting notes um and making sure like the composers organized has a list of all the different cues because there can be a lot of cues like you know 30 cues sometimes so it's just great to have them because um we can focus like the composer can focus on making sure we're really communicating with the showrunner and that um, there's even more notes being taken. Um, I make sure to still take notes though, but it's great to have like that second um, opinion just on the conversations that go down mm -hmm. in the spotting sessions. Um, and then they'll deliver quick times um, for Simon to review for each cue once I write them. And then um, they make small adjustments too here and there to um, the cuts, when the cuts change later down the line, sometimes the cuts will change because um, of the heavy visual effects. I don't always work to all the visual effects because it's still 
it's still being done. So later on, once there's maybe a few extra effects that maybe I didn't see, um, that will affect timing sometimes. So it's great to have a music editor because they can work to my stems. So basically all the audio files that I deliver um, and then they can kind of make small adjustments and cuts um, to those stems. I know I got really technical, so let no, me know. No, that's cool. No, this is great. Okay. This is the stuff we like. Yeah. Cool. Which one, do you remember which ones you renamed? Um, which one did I rename? I think it was I've like, got... I think Crown of Thorns I renamed mm -hmm. just to better like reflect what was happening in that episode. Because that was definitely like a big part of season two was, you know, introducing mm -hmm. this, this new relic. Um, so I wanted to make sure that like I got that idea across. Yeah. yeah. And there might have been a couple more. I don't have the soundtrack in front of me. Um, I have it if you. <laughs> okay. Or I can pull it up too. So, I loved Ava in training. That's one of my favorite uh, yeah, ones to write to. Oh, really? Uh huh. So the cool thing about Ava in training was I that was one that I wrote to the dailies um yeah. which are like um which are like the daily footage that you get mm -hmm. each when they're um filming I'm sorry I can't properly pull this up right now I just got a new laptop <laughs> oh so I'm really like, not are you very... Mac or PC I'm Mac. She's, go a, she's gonna be Mac. She's a composer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, no, everyone's honestly. There are a lot of PC um, people who are composers mm. too. Okay, I brought it up. Let's see what else. I mean, I didn't rename too many of them because Kevin just has a great titling scheme. Mm, I think it might have been that just that one and oh uh, you know I might have like shortened a couple things because sometimes I like the way I like to score is I like to kind of combine cues too so I can just like really shape um, the scene and kind of sculpt around things so sometimes I like to make my cues a little longer but I think it was just that, that one that I that I changed yeah, it's cool. nice to have someone come up with come up with titles because it's hard to titles are hard totally um so what drew you to warrior nun and is there anything that sets it apart from past projects you've done well I love the project because it, it, it kind of combines a lot of genres together. I love mm -hmm. projects that are genre bending and I definitely thought that Warrior was genre bending. Um, I also thought the effects were also like awesome, even starting from mm -hmm. season one, like the effects were really top notch. And just in general, like it, it has amazing representation and that was definitely something I noticed right off the bat too. Um, 
especially with like Beatrice. I was like, she's Asian. I was like, oh my gosh, she's Asian. And then like Chuck and Mary and just in general, like, you know, the love element that we already were starting to feel between Beatrice and Ava. Um, it just felt really genuine. And I love that nothing was just like, there was no agenda being pushed. Um, and the fighting was incredible. I think it was just a mixture of a bunch of things that really drew me to it. And the coming of age element that, that was sprinkled in season one too, um, I gravitated towards. Totally. Like, yeah, the whole, the whole Avatar storyline really felt super organic and like, and they didn't rush it, which can ruin that uh, chemistry. But it's sad that, like, once again, that we don't get to see where it goes yet. Maybe. Cross fingers. Let's just keep saying when we get a season three. I think we need When we get a season three. I like it. Speak it. Yeah. Speak it into existence. Yeah, but I'm I'm happy that we, you know, we at least got a taste of it in, in season mm-hmm. two and that we felt, and even with the eight episodes, that we were able to feel that kind of organic build. Because mm-hmm. even eight episodes isn't a lot of time to, to genuinely bring a relationship out in other series. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a te- huge testament to the writers um directors and simon and just casting crew everyone kind of coming together with the passion for this project because we're all really passionate about it um it shows took a village and as as well as like the fandom too i feel like like you all are incredible so Mm -hmm. just have to say that try (laughs) it is a good one like i haven't I don't know. I haven't been like super into it like I was other fandoms, but this one has been a good one. So this may or may not be a tricky question or a difficult question, but is there any piece that you composed from the show that was like your favorite? I mean, I really did love Ava's fall because in my mind, when I was writing it, I was picturing like an epic love story, like an old Hollywood epic love story, just by the way that the the scene was composed and just, you know, the different angles. Um, that's just how I viewed them at that moment. Like, I, like, I'm just like, I'm rooting for you too. It's so hard <laughs> right now. Um, so I really do love that one just because you really feel their love in that moment. I think yeah. that was a big one. Um, yeah. And then the final scene was really heartbreaking to write. And I felt a lot of like vulnerability in that scene. And I wanted to make sure that that, I mean, it came out pretty naturally for me to be vulnerable in that moment. And I feel like it's like something we can all re- relate to and whether it's love, um, you know, like romantic love or family love, like even letting go of someone, a family member. Um, it, it's it's like a universal moment, I think, that like anyone can relate to. Um, so that was definitely 
a really vulnerable cue to write in. I love that one too. There's a bunch, but those two are definitely a couple. Those two are very powerful as well. Um, when looking at your very impressive resume, we noticed that you worked on another show that our audience will definitely know, Motherland Fort Salem After the Storm. What was it like working on that and how does it compare to Warrior Nun? So for, oh, I'm, I'm surprised you caught that. Yeah, so I did, okay, so I didn't score the show, but of course, but I did like the behind the scenes, mm -hmm. like the, they have like an after show series where they kind of like dissect each scene. So that was what I composed for. Um, but it's cool because I actually was a fan of the show too at the time. And I remember I was talking to someone at Freeform and I told them, I'm like, oh, I love Love in Fort Salem. And then they let me know, oh, um, we have to do this like after show series. Would you be interested in um, scoring the after show series? And I was really excited. But they're, I don't know, they're, they have some similarities. Um, and you know something funny, I think the sound designer is the same from Motherland Fort Salem and mm. um, Paula and um, Warrior Nun, which is cool because there's a lot of really cool kind of like vocal manipulation aspects to Motherland Fort Salem. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of cool like vocal elements in season two of Warrior Nun with the whole FBC. Um, it's kind of like that weird chanty, mm -hmm. but kind of feels like a sonic effect as well. And that's mm -hmm. something that Paula did too. Um, so in that sense, there's, yeah, there's a similarity there. I know this because I like, I looked up her IMDb and then I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I can tie it, I can tie it together. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, just in terms of amazing representation um, on and off screen, I would say for, for Motherland Fort Salem, um, did you have a favorite character actually, yeah we actually started as a motherland fort salem podcast <laughs> uh oh yeah no i remember seeing seeing all those um you ran some really cool like fan questions on there yeah some of those were pretty cool um but that's that got a season three and it's it's mm -hmm. done now, right? I haven't caught up yeah. in the last season. Did you have a favorite from Motherland? Ooh, um, I like Scylla. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, answer. seriously, I have an entire wall of Scylla right oh, here. Oh, really? Yeah. No like, way. I call it the shrine. You're like <laughs> I mean, I want to know well, what all your favorite favorite characters. Are. My friend crocheted this for me. It's Scylla in the dungeon. Okay, I'm impressed. Right? <laughs> That's talent. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I would say Scylla. How about all you? Good answer. You know mine. Moving on. Scylla? We know Caitlin. Caitlin, say it. <laughs> Callie. Oh, oh nice. 
And Jess is the sweetest person Jess ever. Actually, yeah. Jess is a That's the thing about Motherland. We got to, like, meet most of the cast, like, yeah. either in person or, you know. So it was really a cool experience. We have vlogs from when we were in Vancouver and Jess and um I haven't seen Olivia. those. That's awesome. Yeah. That must have been so fun. They And they all seem so down to earth, which is really cool. Absolutely. They yeah. Absolutely. But okay, Theora, it's your turn. I love Nick de Batan, played by Arlen specifically. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's she a fun show. Girl. Well, okay, we both like the bad girls. Never mind. I mean, Solo started it, but Nick de yeah. gig. She's I like the puppies. Tally's a puppy. And so is Jess. Oh, nice. Jess is actually a puppy. <laughs> Jess is a puppy. Jess is literally a puppy. <laughs> Jess is literally Tally, like in real life. Yeah, she is. It's just Jess on screen. <laughs> She's sweet. That's so funny. Yeah, the sweetest. Um, uh, Okay, we'll reel it in from our Motherland fangirling, but um, is there a specific instrument that you gravitate toward when you're starting to compose a score? Piano. That makes sense. Piano, just because it's like it's my first instrument and. It's the cool thing with piano is like you can visualize basically a whole orchestra on the piano because you have, you know, all the low notes and the high notes, notes in the middle. I think it's just a cool way for me to like visualize the different um, sections and like, Mm -hmm. like um, the different ranges Mm -hmm. of piano. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. How many instruments do you play? Good question. I don't have like an exact number now because I, I like picked up so many on Warrior Nun. But oh, I mean, definitely, awesome. a, de- definitely a lot. I mean, piano, guitar, voice. Um, I did flute for a little bit when I was younger. Um, I think it'd be really cool to learn the harp. That would I be agree. Cool. I love harp. Some harp. Harp would be really cool. Harp and cello are my favorites, but cello, yeah, that's that's a really beautiful instrument. Because it's got such a deep kind of like I don't know, it just makes me happy. Yeah, it's like a chocolatey dark. Mm, perfect but it description. Be, yeah, but but then you know it's really beautiful on the high notes too. Smooth on the high notes, or this is what I yeah. If you have a good player. Yeah, true. true well, true. yes. <laughs> I feel like that's true of most instruments. <laughs> but I know. Have, yes. like, the and thing, you'll say, right? oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> because it was not true of clarinet when I played that in band. Oh, no. <laughs> no. A similar thing with me and the flute, because I played it in band. And I remember it was like a flute my mom had gotten from a garage sale. And I remember playing it and the the back the Shut end up. Part, like, that's where my clarinet ooh, came from from a garage sale too yes <laughs> what the hell <laughs> the, the, the end of it flew off in my concert oh no way <laughs> yeah yeah and that i was wasn't like, meant to be no <laughs> that happened no, no more flutes i yeah, still one day have my mom flute. came home do you 
Yeah, actually, no, oh I think even on, on Warrior Nun 2 with some of like the water phony, like reverse <gasps> things I did. Yeah, sometimes you would hear it was either like the water phone or like I would do, I did like an overblown type of flute thing and then I like put a bunch of like external processing on it. So with reverb That's too, cool. so you wouldn't quite know it was a flute. But I want to get back to like, being able to properly play it, not just do effects. Fair. Maybe clarinet, me and you, clarinet and uh, flute, we can mm -hmm. get back to it. Not oh my bad. god, not the reeds again. Not the reeds. Well, see, that's clarinet's harder because of that. I would yeah, say. I freaking hate those things. <laughs> I always I cut myself with them. <laughs> I was going to ask, I was going to say, do you, like, you, do you both play anything? No. Theora plays the lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I play sports. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely. I can kind of sing. Does that count? You can definitely yeah, sing, Kayla. I want to hear. That's about it. No, it's not. You stay here long enough and you will. Just get, throw, out, throw out a song lyric and she will sing it. I promise. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold oh. it back anymore. Let oh, go. yeah, you are good. Right? Like, see, it's hard to get me to stop, though. Like, you yeah. can't get me started okay, and then stop. We're done now, Caitlin. Back to the you questions. Sound, you sound like a Disney character in a good way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You could sing for Disney. That's so, you sound beautiful. Thank I you. We found a new career path for you. Yeah. You can thank Angeline. <laughs> yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. Like, I need a new Disney melody. There you go. Perfect. Oh. All right. Speaking of TV and film, so you seem to be a connoisseur of those things. And we're kind of wondering um, <laughs> if that, that impacted. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're wondering if like that impacted you in any way or translated into like your love of music and composing in any way um for playing you said for like has my love for instruments and playing i guess like i don't as, know like, cause, like okay so tv and film how has that like impacted you in general like has it and then oh, did it, it translate it. into like music and composing for tv Mm. um yeah definitely i mean growing up i think watching just movies i guess um the fun thing about it is you can kind of escape from reality for a little bit you know and i feel like as kids especially we're dealing with so many different emotions we don't always properly know how to express that through words so i feel that putting, yeah so so putting on like a movie and then just like getting the chance to kind of put yourself in the perspective of like another character for a little bit um it can it can like really transform your perspectives just on other people and it can help comfort you in kind of those moments where you don't know how to properly express yourself so that definitely links to film scoring because that's like my medium for expressing myself um i was also like a really shy kid growing up um i definitely got out of that though like i would say i'm kind of introverted and extroverted now 
but I mean, when, when you are struggling to kind of figure out how you want to say something or um, show your voice, it's great to have that creative medium. So yeah, writing music is definitely that for me. And I try to kind of use it as a way to um, help people understand certain characters and like tell the truth of each character and to not like judge each character too, because I think it's important for, um, I don't know, for us to just properly reflect um, each of their experiences in the most genuine way that we can. I love how you said that um, about being a shy kid and then kind of that changing over time, because that's like, I think in, an introverted extrovert is what is, I think, what they call it. But that's totally relatable. And I was super shy. I wouldn't talk to anybody as, as a kid. So because there's anxiety around how, like you said, how you say things or how you want to say things and music is such a great way for to like find the ways to say things. So I think it's really cool that you had that as a kid. Yeah. I think that's why, yeah, anything, oh, your kitty's so cute. Anything creative <laughs> is just. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. She's mad because I moved. I moved and she's mad. But what, that doesn't sound like a mad, a mad, yeah, like a, what do you call no, that? She's it's not like, a meow, it's like a. It's a growl. She's like a little, a, gra a <laughs> cat growl, but a. Ma'am, stop being grumpy. I'm sorry. So cute. Basically, I love creative people. Oh my god. You have to do like an ASMR channel. with <laughs> Your cat being She's crazy. actually happy right now. And I don't like, don't worry. I'm not in danger. She's, oh, there she goes. Oh, not anymore. That's the thing with, with torties. They are so cuddly and then they like spring off you like crazy. Yeah, she uses me as a as a conduit to get to anywhere in the house that's high up. So she'll just jump on my shoulder and be like, yes, human. I, <laughs> I will Not attest to it. I was there and I was a bridge for her to get to a table. <laughs> a bridge. The worst is when they jump on your stomach because that hurts yes. so bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Or they're on you and then they use your stomach as a springboard. The springboard, yeah. It's, especially in the middle of the night, that's fun too. When you wake mm -hmm. up and then you're like, Three why the am I in so much pain? I just get I woken up with a dog licking my nose. <laughs> oh, dogs are so cute. Is it a small dog or a big dog? This is Brooklyn. Brooklyn, hi. Crystal. Come here. Oh, you have two? There's two tiny ones. Oh, wait, we're doing dog show and tell? Hold on. Come here. Brie, you have a dog too? Her mom's <laughs> dog. This is Bristol. Oh. And this is Brooke. And Otis. <laughs> Otis the POTUS. Oh, Otis. The pug. I just like staring at them. <laughs> I and love then Theora has two dogs, Kinja and Suki. 
I'm not going to go get them, though, because they're being quiet right now. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is a rare occasion. They were barking earlier. I really, I really want a dog. I want a corgi. <gasps> I knew you were going to oh, say God. corgi. Really? <laughs> everyone I'm so the, predictable. Everyone I know is getting corgis right now. I know, that's the thing. So, okay, go. And that's the thing. It's like everyone wants a corgi, but I'm like, maybe I should give other dogs a chance. But they're so but cute. They're butts. They are. Fluffy butts. Yeah. I think there's like a it. corgi a corgi cafe somewhere in LA. No way. I, I think so too. I think there is. Yeah, you've You're heard right. of this spot? Well, that's a place it's to like, go. It's like jiggly foods and... Yeah, I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. But yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let us know how it is. I will. The Corgo Cafe. <laughs> We're really good at getting off topic. If you can't tell. Hey, I I love getting off topic. So, but I have me. an odd question. Sure. Like I haven't been asking odd questions this whole time. Uh, do you ever find yourself composing your day in your head, like you are walking down the street and have superhero music in your head? He said it was odd. No, I mean, I feel like I should do this now. I can really like, <laughs> yeah, I feel just totally be like, like this totally intense music. Just be like, I'm on a mission. That's awesome. I want more music in my head like that. I feel like I can like, wouldn't get our days day be better. better with music in our head? Like, like the, your whole yeah. day scored. I would say, you know, music. I I have music in my head more when I'm in the shower. <laughs> what that is makes that? Sense. With writing too, uh -huh. I don't know why. That's why you used to have shower crayons. Oh, that's so smart. Wait, shower crayons. Do you have like a board in there too? No, you just write on the wall, so you can oh. remove it afterwards. But you oh, write okay. with the crayons. I mean, it could work with music. Ooh, that's a good if you idea. Were... Yeah, but I I do the voice recorder. But see, if you're in the that shower and you good. jump out, it's like exactly. <laughs> That's kind of awkward, so maybe oh, I'll have to get job. these crayons. Yeah, shower usually comes to my mind, probably because I had written a bunch that day and I realized, okay, I need to get up early and finish this. How can I like, how can I continue this process? Mm -hmm. not, not at my desk. Yeah. I guess that's the cool thing about like writing and, and music and you can still do that when you're not at your computer or at your desk. Well, they say that getting in the shower or the bath when, if you're trying to have a creative process go, like breaking it up by getting in the shower or the bath usually kind of restarts your brain into that. So, you know, you know makes sense in that regard, but. With no distractions. Yeah, any, yeah I think any, it is your time. Any chance to like step away. I think that's something we can all do more of, right? Is. Mm-hmm. When we start getting that like overthinking yep. sort of vibe, reset to go. Okay, I need a yeah, I need a reset. Step away like from my a, desk. Absolutely, that's good advice. Good advice from Tangeline. We should it just is, have I mean, a, a whole segment, Tangeline's advice corner. I I mean, well, I appreciate you saying that. I can give myself more advice. There you go. 
Playback Playback, I'll just keep playing this podcast. I'm like, like, damn, I'm right. I should listen to me. (laughs) Exactly. No, you should. But I would say definitely, yeah, like stepping away when you start overthinking things. But then this is the problem, right? You step away, stop overthinking things, and then you go downstairs and like make a coffee. And then you're back in that anxious state because you've had too much coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It's a vicious cycle is what we're learning. It's a vicious cycle. It all comes back to coffee. It does. Yeah. Stimulants, if you will. Um, I got this this coffee cup. um, That's really cool. For Christmas. And it like apparently makes things smell like it's like an aroma cup. Like enhances aroma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this something that like I just didn't know about? I didn't know about that for like I... coffee. Like I know wine glasses are designed that way to aerate them for like taste yeah. and aroma. But I, with coffee, that's it a does look great. Yeah. Looks it like a vase. Look like a flower pot. It does. Yeah, it looks like a mini flower pot, right? It does. It, it does I a little bit, that's but that's what why it was. I like it. <laughs> She's like, oh, great like, candle, Tangeli. She's taking tips to like um. She's drinking her flowers. <laughs> oh, and nitrogen. Mean, it's good for you. If, I don't know. If you like it, I guess, as long I as mean, it doesn't hurt you. Honestly, it's tea at the end of the day, is if you put flowers yeah. in water. Oh, but then you get the roots, like root, yeah. root water. Yeah, we don't like that. No. Um. Just definitely don't use manure for it. Ew. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. Caitlin, why? Stick to coffee, Caitlin. I'm just my brain, okay? I will reel it back in. It broke. The string broke. I can't reel it back in anymore. You don't need to you don't need to reel it back in. We separate you for who you are, okay? Exactly. Talk about plant manure. (laughs) Tangeline's advice corner. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> See, you've already got another episode of the corner. <laughs> we accept you for who you are, even if you let talk about plant manure. Perfect. There you go. I love it. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> but speaking of giving yourself good advice, I guess, sort of in a way, the segue is weird. We're just going to go with the question. What are you most proud of in your career? I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but I would say warrior nun. Because, you know, I I really didn't know if I was going to get the opportunity or not. And then when you get a, a really big opportunity like this, a part of that process is definitely getting through that imposter syndrome element of it. And, Absolutely. you know, I'm I'm lucky that I was brought on board so early because I was able to kind of get through that phase of, oh, am I good enough to do this? Or like, you know, and I was, I came on for season two as well. So there was that element to it going on to be with a whole new team that has already known each other for season one. Um, Yeah, just kind of being able to get through that hump of, oh yeah, I'm like, I was hired for a reason. I'm gonna, you know, give give my all to this. Um, I'm I'm trusted to kind of give my take on how I want to go about 
the music and to, yeah, to just really like develop that trust in myself. So I'm proud for that, for, for gaining the confidence and the trust in myself to say, you know, everyone's tr trusting of me. So I need to trust myself. Absolutely. More good advice from Dangeline. <laughs> <laughs> Just we're on a roll. We're, you're on a roll for sure. Um, no, that's awesome. And as I think, especially Theora and I are very familiar with imposter syndrome. Absolutely. So oh, it, it's not the best. Why did you exclude me from that? I definitely have. <laughs> I didn't want to speak for you. Going on. Imposter I'm syndrome is universal, her, honestly. It. <laughs> it is universal. It's universal. Yeah. It's not everyone talks about it. You don't have it. Oh, no. I definitely have it. <laughs> yeah, you do. Aww. Yeah, like, very bad. Yeah. Well, you should try. You all should try to. I mean, I'm sure you're all trying to get past it. And it's tough, too, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's different there's different levels of it, too. Once you totally. yeah. crush once you crush certain goals, you're gonna it's, it might linger back again um yeah but i mean how are, how are you all trying to get through it like i'm always trying I to talk to these too. goobers yeah <laughs> literally oh. like these two <laughs> i mean motivational we, friends <laughs> through our doing through doing this we've all become super close and then once we got to meet in person it was even more so so they're my family i mean because i met caitlin Aww. in person when we did a convention mm -hmm. so um for motherland actually what well, was for other stuff too but i was there for motherland uh to do like panels and stuff and then theora we hadn't met and then we got to meet theora and uh she's just as dorky as we are <laughs> surprise <laughs> dorky is good <laughs> Uh, it is. I but though it. with the imposter syndrome though like yeah having external support is helpful but really like it's one of those things where it's like you have to convince you and convincing you that you're good enough is sometimes the hardest thing mm -hmm. i feel like we're hardest on ourselves it's like that mm -hmm. perfectionism thing that gets kind of like taught to us in america a lot and it's hard to like be like yeah no i'm good enough like sometimes you just need to like break your own barriers or whatever like like nail a project like this to be like yeah okay yeah i can do this you know have that validation for yourself mm -hmm. it's just it's a process yeah you know the validation is definitely one thing and then sometimes yeah. honestly you just have to tell yourself you just have, yes. it's almost like you have to convince yourself you have you to do that friend who is like yeah. no you are good enough and then you're like well is that true like i don't know if i believe it you have to be that friend saying you're good enough and you're like okay i'm just gonna like believe it sometimes yeah. it takes that just just forcing yourself to believe it trust and yourself you will exactly and then you'll just yeah. become what you keep telling yourself so it's hard and sometimes you don't want to accept that but yes yeah, because I have I to mean, say this podcast really helps because I'm <laughs> proud of them. So that means I have to be Aww. proud of myself. Well, and we like we all have day jobs. So it, then we come and do this. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes I get imposter syndrome being like, am I even good at this stuff? Like, should I just stick to what I do every day at work? But yeah. 
so totally feel you i know what you mean like like am i am i good enough but i think the most important thing to tell ourselves right is like all we society always tells us to compare ourselves to everyone too and Mm -hmm. which is which is like the worst thing to do because like how can i compare myself to someone who has like a completely different background than me like we have completely different personalities completely different experiences so just knowing that like you like you're the only person like you that exists and no one else can be that so that alone is already like such a superpower that you know you're this unique individual all your experiences are yours everything you've gone through is yours all your your take on the world is just yours so maybe something for us to remember are you sure you're not a therapist? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll never be too sure. <laughs> so, looking ahead to the future, what is something you dream of doing one day? It can be career oriented or not. Mm. I think it'd be really cool to to like compose music for like an Asian superhero. Well, I mean yes. Beatrice is technically yes. Beatrice is actually, mm-hmm. she technically but, is. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. To, just to continue working on on projects with like amazing representation, amazing, uh, well written stories, amazing people. Um, yeah, and and to just keep pushing myself musically. Um, I don't know if I have one specific goal in mind, um, but play the flute. Yeah. Play the flute. Okay. That's a good one. Maybe learn some new instruments. Definitely learn. Until you've mastered all of them. Every single one in the world. (laughs) All of them. Okay. Don't say that. (laughs) Taylor Lane is learning the flugelhorn. (laughs) (laughs) The flugelhorn. Oh my gosh. Uh, the party thing, the party horn, you have to figure out how to make that sound amazing. Okay. Good luck. Listen. The Challenge accepted. I'll write that down. Wait, like 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 yeah. for a party? Like the ones you get and you bl- like you blow and they, they're like so loud and obnoxious. Like, oh. <laughs> At the World Cup, you mean? Okay, maybe no, I like for New with- Year's. Yeah, neat. It can be used for the obnoxious sound for whatever. Yeah, for there something. you go. Someday. Something someday. That's why it's so dream. weird. <laughs> hey, at least you didn't say don't need to be the doable. washboard. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah. It's a dream. Because <laughs> people actually do play washboards. I know. But... What can you do? Anything boat is is nice though. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I do love me, like we said, cello and violin. Cello and violin. Oh, I heard bone, and I was really confused. Bone. <laughs> Tiffany's over here like getting bone instruments. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but you know, I've heard people buy bones and like play them, which is kind of creepy. Play them. No, like legit you know, bones. 
That would be oh. creepy. That is creepy. Unless I'm it's a gonna guess they're animal bones. <laughs> I oh. hope they're animal bones. <laughs> this just got dark. Okay. Yeah. Let's, Caitlin, do let's your let's thing. Caitlin. It's Caitlin's turn. <laughs> it's always you, Caitlin. It is. <laughs> it is though. It is though. Those are facts. Not, you picked up on that because <laughs> it is. She has a reputation. We'll just put it that way. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Caitlin needs to be like a story in like one of your scripts, Bree. Oh, uh, sure. yes. You need to I'm be just a character. Write, I'll write an entire short film about Kate. Well, Caitlin's already got a documentary, so I don't know if, like, literally, Ooh. she has a documentary. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Cool. You got to link it. Yeah. It's it's something. <laughs> it's, tell her what it's called. It's called Homeless Chronicles. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna. We gotta link it so we can all check it out. Yeah, Caitlin. My mother watched it and loved it. There you go. We gotta link it. Yeah, it's also on. It's it's on YouTube to let other people see it for free because it's. I felt like it was an important thing for people to know about about like youth homelessness. Well, thanks for putting that out. You got to link it so we can all check it out. Okay. I've been told to link it, so now it's linked. Theora, <laughs> that's your job. It's all you. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's check in. Uh, how How is Callie doing? I don't know where she is, but that, I, we just, that was like a sad note, kind of like a somber note, so I was like trying to bring it back around to cats. Callie, luckily, you know, like Fiora, when you hear that your animal's being good, you're just going to trust that they're okay. <laughs> yep. Callie's doing great. Unless it's my <laughs> cat, and then screaming. he's opening There you go. Opening wow. doors, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Learn it was skills. really great to meet you and get distracted yeah. with you. Uh, do you have any final words for the listeners at home before we wrap up? Any final words? Well, thank you all. Thank you, Warren and Fandom, for being so incredible, getting that billboard and putting that up. That's incredible. And I know you're all so talented and creative, and I love seeing, you know, all the the edits on Twitter and the art music and just keep doing what you do because yeah we all need more of this in the world so love you all agreed thank I'm you i'm gonna speak on behalf of everybody we love you too no and specifically <laughs> yes. us and i love i was gonna say i love you three too Ooh, thank you it's mutual so <laughs> i thought brie was gonna say it's just me <laughs> Wow. Wow. Caitlin, putting that out into the universe. Oh my God. Bree would never say that. (laughs) Everyone at home listening, make sure to check out Warrior Nun streaming on Netflix. And we'll see you next time. And go listen to Tangeline's score. Yes. Because it's amazing.
No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.